Lovers, it is Kill Streak episode twenty six. I am Eric Goslin. That hasn't changed yet, uh, but what has changed is joining me here today for the first time, Michael Price. How are you, Mike? I'm really excited to be joining the pod. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, the other guy uh, just I've... did not work out, so I'm glad yeah. to have you on board. I heard things are a little bit rocky, so <laughs> I look forward to helping you guys right the ship here at Kill Streak. Uh, I know time hasn't passed. I mean, time has passed traditionally for you, but for us, we haven't yeah. seen each other in a while. Uh, yeah, so this is a this has been the longest break in recording in quite some time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's nice to see your face again on this Zoom call or on this Google Meet. I should I should be up cu- up front. <laughs> yeah, it's a Google mm-hmm. Meet. Um, and hearing your voice again. Hey, and hopefully. It sounds a little cleaner. We we've switched over from uh, Audacity to GarageBand on my end. Mm. Uh, I'm using an iMac that I did not have a couple of weeks ago, so so be exciting. We'll see. Maybe I sound different to you guys. Maybe I sound exactly the same. <laughs> but for me, I'm excited um, yeah. at, at the possibilities. Uh, also excited to talk to you guys today about the movie, which is Deep Blue Sea Three. Uh, DBS 2020 trace um yeah this is i mean before we get into the the quality and the content of this film this is new for us it's a new movie yeah brand new um, movie i feel like that's a bit of a novelty for everybody these days although yeah um this will come out a couple weeks later you know but as as of right now um a lot of heat for another new release via vod bill and ted Oh uh, yeah, we haven't watched it yet. Um, me neither. I, I want. But we to. watched. We so Kenda, perhaps not shockingly, has never seen any of the Bill and Ted films. Yeah, same uh, as So we watched uh, the first one today together, and I'm not joking. This would mark the third time in the last month that I have watched Bill and Ted's Excellent. Holy shit! Wow. <laughs> I realized because we just watched part one that I had seen mm-hmm. part two way more than part one. Oh wow, yeah. we are polar opposites. Oh there. really? Yeah. No, I've seen because yeah. I think it just played more. Um, okay. On like HBO or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, uh, part one I'd seen, but like a lot of it I didn't remember, and I remembered wow. parts from part two as being from part one. Um, yeah, I would say that probably all told, I have maybe seen Bogus Journey three times. Okay. And um, I, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is like in the tier below Back to the Future and Ghostbusters. Sure, yeah. Me, where oh. it's like, I've seen it 20 or 30 times. You wow. Know? I haven't seen it that, yeah. that many times at all, but I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then the next day, <laughs> I was like... I was like uh, hey, do you want to watch Bill and Ted 2? And Jess kind of laughed, and she's like, 
wait, really? Is it supposed to be good? And I was like, wait, what? You didn't like the first one? Like we haven't oh, had the conversation. Boy. I don't. I don't know that she enjoyed it as much as. Oh no. Uh, yeah. F- so. I mean, I don't know how anyone can not enjoy that movie. It's so because, fun. Yeah, and it's perfect because it's like if you're stupid, it's stupid, yep. and you'll like it. But if you're not stupid, it's secretly smart. Yes, and yes, yes. Yep. Like, it's funny to everybody, you know? Um, so I am going to make her watch part two, maybe mm-hmm. maybe tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the same in, boat. In yeah. preparation for three, because I'm, I'm really excited to watch that. Yeah, exactly the same. We're going to try to sneak in Bogus Journey, and then my hope is to watch part three by the weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'm excited. Me but, too. Uh, I've been hearing some good things. Um, yeah. Something I had heard was that this movie, Deep Blue Sea 3, was far superior to Deep Blue Sea 2 before I watched uh-huh. it. Uh, okay. A little Twitter scuttlebutt I had read. Um, uh-huh. So, Blood and Guts check. What would you think of this movie? How'd you, how'd you... Um, I mean, I feel like... I want to hear what you have to say first. I feel like you are sitting on a hot take. Uh, no, not that hot of a take. I was, I didn't like it very much. I was, I was pretty disappointed. I see. Here's Uh the thing. I really wanted to like it. I I was fully expecting to go in there and be be like pleasantly surprised, which for the Mm. first, like maybe 20 minutes or so I was, Yeah. I was like, okay, here, here we go. This this seems better than part two. Uh, and then I just got very bored during it. Um, gr- listen, granted, yeah, I did not watch this movie in the way it was intended to be watched. I watched it like I watched it in like 20 minute chunks. <laughs> okay. But to be fair, yeah. I, that's the way I watched the other two movies as well. Um, fair. Okay. Uh, but I just felt like there was, there's a lot of repeating of information that we already know. Sure. Sure. Um, anyway, I, I'm taking up a lot of air. Uh, no, that's okay. That's this whole podcast is about. It's there's only one other person to split the air with. <laughs> that's, my true, that's true. That's <laughs> true. Um, well, that's interesting. I think that this movie for me, uh, I think as advertised, or at least you know, as y- was advertised to you on Twitter, I do think this is better than part two. Yeah, it really kind of lands. I wouldn't even go so far as to say it lands smack in the middle of two and one. It's like closer to bad than Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. But I will say that it is like, to me, it was a, a noticeable improvement over part two to the, to the degree that I was almost like, okay, I'm not, you know, this is a fine movie for what it is, you know? Yeah. And you know where it started to lose me was Mm -hmm. when I really like, <clears throat> saw the uh, the structure of everything, and I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, wow, okay. As a franchise, the three Deep Blue Sea movies really mm-hmm. just follow the same formula, and there's totally. no real deviation from that. Other than there is no, like, collapsing underwater structure in this one. It's all above water right. for the most part. Right. Which I actually really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, it's like, okay, oh, it's all the same elements. It's a shady pharma company there's right these enhanced sharks um a a a well-meaning scientist although i guess that's not really the case in the first one it um yeah and then um and then you know we just see our heroes run away from sharks for for the last like 
I mean, it's interesting that you say that because one of the things that I noticed about this movie was that, whereas I agree that part two is like a direct lift of the plot of, of one. Yeah. Uh, but this one, I was like, they kind of, I feel like they're, what they're really doing is hijacking the plot of the abyss for this. Movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. See, I didn't think about that. I thought more of like, they're just hijacking the plot of part two and just kind of doing it <laughs> again. Um, I mean, certainly there are big elements that are the same, but for me, I actually made a couple notes about this where I was like, I was, what I was going through in my head as I was trying to figure out, is this just the abyss or is this like a cliche of movies that I'm just having trouble remembering other instances of, but this very uh, particular kind of, um, you know, duel they set up between the well, like the well-meaning scientists, yeah. and then like the military grunts, yeah, sure, essentially, sure. right? And it's kind of like this is how, like, it all goes down, like the abyss does, where except in the abyss, you know, you have Michael Bean has like weird, like the Ben's like underwater insanity, mm-hmm. right? Whereas in this one, the guy's just a prick, yeah, I he's guess. Yeah, just an asshole. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's still the same thing. It's still like yeah. this insane turn where it's like, oh, I guess this guy's trying to kill everybody now. Yeah, that's yeah. That's weird. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's, um, that's absolutely right. I just didn't, didn't even cross my mind for some reason. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I do think, like, I'll give this credit for having a different plot. I mean, because for one thing... You know, like, if we just want to do, like, the side-by-side of looking at the plots of the first one and this one, everyone is part of the same team in Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Right? They all work for Samuel Jackson's company. There's no outsiders. Like, there's no... And to me, there's no direct opposition set up between the characters either. Like, there is the whole thing of Saffron Burroughs, like, realizing that, like, oh, they've been, you know, genetically modifying the sharks. So that's certainly carried over to this. But it's always the people versus the sharks, you know. Sure, yeah, in the you first know, one. you are right. It, it, this one is more man versus man, right? With the sharks, yeah, because these sharks, yeah, running interference. Yeah, I mean, these sharks are just as killer as in the other movies, but it's really they have their own kind of thing going on, and it's mm-hmm. it's less of the like we are just trying to kill people, and it's more like these people are fucking with them. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good. But, that's, that's uh, a good point. <clears throat> but I mean, we'll cover all of that in the plot recap. I mean, as far as like my response in terms of like evaluating this movie, I think that it's a much more professional film uh-huh. than part two. Like it's actually for a movie that was probably always destined to be destined to miss a theatrical release. It looks pretty good. It does. Um, I think it's shot well. I think they do a nice job of making it feel natural. Like they use a lot of natural light and because of the outdoor setting and all that. Mm-hmm. So you don't have those like horrendous sets that we, the sci-fi movie sets that we get for deep blue sea too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they use, there's a lot of underwater footage. There's like a shocking amount of real sharks. Um, you know, like, there's this movie absolutely has the most footage of actual people swimming with real sharks and not, you know, CG sharks. Yeah, because the CG sharks really do step. Uh, um, they really do stick out. They there's, do. There's a few yeah. instances because I, I felt like as the movie went on, the CG kind of gets a little worse 
in some in, in some instances. Agreed. It's, when the sharks start to do more outlandish stuff, it also looks more outlandish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I agree that it, it does look a lot better. Um, I think just for me, where it started to break down was that it's it's an hour in like 48 minutes or something like that. And I really yeah. do think it could be a clean hour and a half and it would be a better I, movie. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, it's definitely too long. It's too long. It's a little too repetitive. And like once the action really starts to kick up, kick in, mm-hmm. um, it just, it doesn't do, it doesn't move fast enough for me to, to have kept me like fully engaged the whole time. But I'm with you on that. Yeah. 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 But, it's, but yeah, it's not a disaster. I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't categorize it as like a total, total fucking disaster of a movie. But it's yeah. one that I was like kind of coming into with high hopes, an open mind, and mm-hmm. then as it went on, I'm like, eh, this isn't really what I was hoping it would be. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to disagree with anything you said there. Um, I think for me, it's you know, if you're hoping that this is going to like live up to the first one in terms of mm-hmm. like indulgent fun, I think you're going to be disappointed. On the other hand, if you just came off of watching Deep Blue Sea two and you're like, okay, and now I got to watch another one, it's uh-huh. like, well, it's an uptick. It's an uptick at least. It it's and it is it's a little like, more bonkers. It's definitely more bonkers yeah. than part two. And there's right, some, it is. There's some surprises. Totally. So I think it's like it's it it exceeds part two in both ways. It looks more like a real movie, and it's also a more fun movie. Yeah. Than part two's part two's a real slog. Um, I, I kind of yeah. I kind of just wish they would have taken a whole new approach, which I know is a huge ask. Like it's a it's mm-hmm. it's a big ask to be like, no, I wanted a different movie. But like, if they would have just <laughs> if they were to just like, uh, change the setting a little bit, like not make yeah. it a floating like, vill- I thought the floating village actually. Now, now they say it out loud, it's pretty cool. I don't know. Just yeah. kind of just tweak it, make it put it somewhere else. Put I don't know. Just make it uh, enough that it wasn't so repetitive as of the second movie. Huh. I don't know. I'm, I, feel I like mean, I'm that's it. That's it. Being very eloquent here. Well, I mean, as we go through the plot of the film, I think you'll get a chance to to speak to maybe some of the specific elements that that rubbed you that way. Yeah, yeah. Because I will say that I think this movie has plenty of flaws, but I probably wouldn't immediately go for it being so much of a repeat of the plot of the previous movies. Mm. So we'll see how that sorts out. Uh, in the meantime, let's talk a little bit about how this movie came together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, curious about that. Uh, so this is, um, it's a movie where there's like, first of all, you know, I am podcast host first researcher distance second right (laughs) but i do i do the best i can but there's really uh you know as is i think we're gonna see is the case with some of the cheaper uh especially non-theatrically released movies Mm -hmm. like this is sort of what we had with deep blue c2 it's hard to get a ton of information on how this came together um it's definitely um you know there was enough i guess positive response to the second one even you know even though that was just a real piece of shit movie um spent enough money yeah it's just i think it just made enough money that they were probably pleasantly surprised by how much interest there was um 
in this franchise still, you know, this many years on that they said, okay, fuck it, let's go again. Now, I know that initially this is something that had been attached to Netflix. And this, I'm just guessing here. Okay, so this is, please take this with a giant grain of salt. Um, The impression that I get is that this is a movie that was being produced for... Uh, a direct-to-Netflix release. Uh, Netflix was listed as a producer. Uh, And then I suspect that with the uh, pandemic uh, Mm -hmm. and the total lack of new films being released, that they pivoted a little bit and said, okay, maybe we can make more money off of this than just, you know, dumping it straight to Netflix and, you know, arrange for it to get a VOD release, which seems like it's been a pretty good plan because it is a movie that, you know, outside of our podcast, like I had heard about, you know, mm-hmm. I knew it was coming because I think people are just so starved for new releases. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Were you aware that this was coming out before I kind of alerted you to the, to that fact? I don't think so. I think it was, I mm-hmm. think you were the one who turned me on to it when yeah. we were just like talking about movies we could do. Right. Yeah. Um, well, either way, uh, you know, this is kind of like a made behind closed doors, cheapo movie. Um, even finding a budget is pretty difficult. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I can tell you the things that anyone can find out, uh, on the IMDb page. So it was directed by a guy named John Pogue, who is probably more known for his writing than his directing. Um, he wrote the scripts for U.S. Marshals, the Fugitive sequel. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, the Skulls with Joshua Jackson. Oh, I've seen that. Uh, <laughs> the Rollerball remake. Okay. Um, Ghost Ship. Uh, oh, my God. And... Ghost Ship has the best opening scene to maybe any movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, well, uh, I think he wrote that. <laughs> I mean, it's a terrible movie, but that opening scene is mm-hmm. it's... Oh, I've never seen it. I remember being in what was the uh what was the fruit named record store in in Boston? It was strawberries? like strawberries. Uh, strawberries, yes. Yeah. I remember being in strawberries uh with someone from college who try who I think stole a ghost ship <laughs> DVD while we were there. <laughs> and I was just like, what are we what are we even doing here? Like how badly do you really want to see ghost ship? You know. Can I tell you what the opening is, or do you want to be surprised one day if you ever watch Ghost Ship? Because I don't think it's a good movie. Fuck it. Go for okay, it. Okay, all right. Know. If you guys don't want to know the opening to Ghost Ship, <laughs> skip ahead like a minute. Uh, so it's like there's a uh, a dance on the deck of a boat, like you know, uh-huh. it's a cruise ship, and a high-tension wire snaps and slices through the entire crowd, and everybody gets cut in half, except for like a little <laughs> kid who's like too short to get cut in half. <laughs> It's fucking oh. great. <laughs> and are those people, I assume, become the ghosts? Uh, yeah, the yeah, ghost yeah, ship? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. really, honestly, that's the only part I remember about Ghost Ship beyond that is a, a blur. But yeah, it's a I really like it. good opening scene. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, so Pogue, mostly a writer. Um, he wrote and directed Quarantine 2. That was his directorial debut. Quarantine um, 2. Yeah, so I think Quarantine, if I remember correctly, was maybe a remake of a Spanish oh, movie. Oh, of Wreck, I think. 
Uh, yeah, I think that's record. correct. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Record. Yeah, which you had recommended to us before. Yeah, movie rules. <laughs> that, I haven't seen Quarantine. That is a joke for literally just, <laughs> just you the and two me. Of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the lore of Killstreak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I bet, I bet, is, given uh, my track record here, a couple records will probably get left into finished episodes at some point. <laughs> Sneak their way in there, a little Easter egg for. This is great. Now, now we've we just know. like now made it. Yeah. If you ever hear Price and I start a segment with record, it's because we're <laughs> saying it to each other so that we can sync up our recordings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he he both wrote and directed the Quarantine sequel uh, and then uh, wrote and directed a movie called The Quiet Ones, which came out in 2014, um, which... Uh, stars Jared Harris, which makes me sort of interested in it. I almost always love Jared Harris. Um, he rules. Yeah, um, he's really good. I'm looking, but, at, I'm looking it up. Um, other than that, um, you know, pretty inauspicious uh, track record. So Deep Blue Sea, his most recent directorial uh, effort, uh, written by a guy named Dirk Blackman. <laughs> Uh, that is a cool porno name. name if I've ever heard yeah one. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say maybe it's not his real first name yeah, um, yeah. IMDB says alternate names Jeff Black oh that there you sounds, go Jeff Black also like... equally sounds as made up yeah uh, Dirk Blackman wrote uh, a sci-fi movie called Outlander starring uh, everyone's favorite Jesus Jim Caviezel um <laughs> And uh, one of the Underworld sequels, and that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about the cast for a little bit, and when we talk about the cast, I texted you about this, and this is this is one of those things where I'm I'm like looking at mostly Josh, our uh, our what is what is his official title? His, oh shit, the, uh, the Grandmaster, guy who's, the Grandmaster, guy who's better at trivia than me. Um, Maybe Josh knows this. Maybe somebody else out there knows this. Going through this cast list, there has to be some sort of crew connection between this movie and the TNT series, The Last Ship. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. In all, yeah, in all the digging, I haven't found anyone. I figured the director or the writer or maybe the casting people, but there's no overlap. However, three of the arguably four main cast members of this film are also like regular cast members on the last ship, um, huh. which feels like it can't be a coincidence Two, I would, t- I would accept as coincidence three. It, I, I want to know what the connection That's is. So weird. I want, is this a Canadian production? It smacks uh, of Canadian production. Well, it was shot in South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just mean like the actors and stuff. Um, I'll have to look around. No, I, I was laughing. Not before, to my knowledge, because I have the IMDb yeah. page up here, mm-hmm. and on the side is a clickbait article that says the truth about Cat Dennings is out in the open. <laughs> and so I clicked <laughs> on it, of course. And it of just, course, you did. Doesn't seem like yeah. there's much. Well, I don't think anybody out there is going to be blown away by the fact that you might be a Cat Dennings simp. <laughs> the Cat Dennings stan. I, I stand by simp. Oh, Simp, I didn't hear you say it. I'm sorry. I was looking at uh, the main actress, Natchez from L.A. Fuck it. It's yeah. not a Canadian movie. 
Yeah, so uh, something I said I was going to do before we recorded and then didn't follow through on was go on YouTube and find out how she pronounces her last name. Uh, so we're going to go with Tanya Raymond. Yeah, uh, it's spelled but, Ramondi, but... Yeah, there's it could be Raymondi, Ramond. It could be any number of things. Tanya, I apologize. If you'd like to come be a guest on the show and correct me on your pronunciation, we would welcome you. Please. Please come on the show. Um, yeah, Tanya, probably the most, I mean, one of the more recognizable faces in the cast. She is the lead. Um, I immediately uh, knew her from the uh, Amazon Prime show Goliath, starring Billy Bob Thornton. Mm, right. Um, she's also on The Last Ship, as I mentioned. Um, and you recognized her from something, didn't you? I don't know. Uh, Kenda, my fiance, knew her joke. from... Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. She was in Lost. <laughs> Yeah, she's lost. She plays Rousseau's daughter, mm-hmm. um, and she's also on Cold Case. You know, she's just like a ton of TV acting. Um, Malcolm in the Middle, but you know, nothing real big. This would be, you know, and this is kind of what we see, right? It's people come from TV, you get a lead role in mm-hmm, a cheap movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe it gets popular. Uh, who can say? She's fine. She she did a fine job. Uh, I have no complaints. No. Um, as far as the rest of the cast, so let's talk about these last ship connections. So then uh, we have uh, the other lead, I want to say, Nathan Nathaniel Buzolik. So this is an Australian guy. Uh, people might know him from the Vampire Diaries, and then I believe there's some sort of Vampire Diaries spinoff called The Originals. Um, oh, is, is he actually – he's Australian? Because Lucas is Australian. Yes, so those guys knew each other apparently when they first moved to oh. L.A. I read that. <laughs> Seeing that uh, <laughs> under Nathan uh, Buzalik's trivia, his favorite uh, actor is Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, good, good for to him. Know. An aspiring member of the Pussy Posse, perhaps. <laughs> um, so Nathaniel Nathan. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> uh, Pussy Posse. <laughs> delayed response, but I'll take it. Um so he has no connection to the last ship. However, Emerson Brooks, who plays Shaw, um, the right-hand man, uh, is a regular cast member on the last ship. Uh, he also does a ton of voiceover work, a lot of video game stuff. Um, and then, as you mentioned, Lucas is played by a guy named Bren Foster, uh, also Australian, and also a regular cast member on the last ship. So somebody please fucking tweet at us and tell me what is going on. Yeah. What is the, what is the inter-universe connection between the last ship and deep blue sea? I liked Lucas, uh, the guy, Ben, Bren Foster. I liked him. Yeah. I think he did a fine job. He does a great spinning jump kick. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Uh, we got a bunch of other randos I've never seen in anything. It's a pretty small cast. Um, but, yeah, those are your heavy hitters. Those four, um, I think, are the only ones with, uh, like, an extensive amount of credits. The guy who plays Spin, Alex Bott, uh, mm-hmm. has also done, a, like, a couple things. But Yeah, actually, really. I just clicked on his credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is best known for his – I haven't seen it yet, but I'm watching I May Destroy You. Um, okay. In Michaela Michaela Cole's Coel yeah, Cole yeah. or whatever, uh, her first series, Chewing Gum, or her one of her series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that one is good. That's a British show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, that's your cast. That's your director, writer, um, producers. You know, some carryover producers from the first movie. A couple new producers jump on. 
But yeah, this is pretty much. I mean, it's not as fly by night a production as the as the second one, but you know, nothing real special here. Uh, I mean, I did go look up the cinematographer just because I did think to myself, like, this is a pretty well shot movie. Um, and it's a guy named Michael Swan, uh, who has worked as like a lot of uh, second unit DP stuff on bigger movies, um, and then um, you know had black sales uh you know he worked on outlander the tv show which is a oh, more yeah. legit enterprise than outlander the movie <laughs> um, but yeah i mean nothing nothing real crazy on here just uh i mean i think you know if i'm gonna shout out anybody it's like shout out michael swan people should hire him to shoot more stuff i thought this looked pretty good yeah it looked nice um a lot of underwater yeah. stuff too that which looked pretty good definitely yeah the underwater stuff goes a long way. Oh, the, but... uh, the editor was the editor on Donnie Darko. Ah. Eric Strand. <laughs> should we should we switch over to a format where you and I just click around IMDb <laughs> and <laughs> read things to people? Lethal Weapon Four. He also also edited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, not a ton of information out there on this movie. So, you know, what I told you guys is pretty much what I know. Michael Strand um, was the apprentice film editor on Airplane 2, the sequel. Hey, right, great. Uh, okay, well, Eric and I Assistant are going to finish editor reading. editor on Cutthroat Island. <laughs> hey, our boy Rennie Harlan. Yeah, Rennie's back. Hey, maybe that's well, the Rennie connection. That. Dude, yeah, the no, there's no connection. way. There's no way Rennie Harlan's ever going to watch this movie. <laughs> oh boy, he probably hates this movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, rest assured, Rennie, yours. Uh, you know, no spoilers, but I don't think I don't think anybody's going to top your work in the Deep Blue Sea franchise. Certainly not. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and then uh, we're going to start recapping this movie. Oh, greetings from the future, Killstreakers. <laughs> what a future it is. All right, so a weird thing happened. It is now, I don't know, a week and a half later. Yeah. Uh, I was. It's a Sunday. It's yeah. record heat wave here in Los Angeles. I'm sitting in my basement, patented tank top on. Realizing I don't have deodorant on, and uh, I had to shut my AC off to record. So, <laughs> oh my god, going great. Yeah, yeah. So on my end, over in Killstreak Studios, Austin, mm-hmm. uh, we had a little technical issue, and I lost my record of this from a week and a half ago. So you guys are going to get a crazy time loop of an episode where we recorded part <laughs> one and part three, and this middle part is from eight or nine days later. Yeah. So, so we've done this once already. I apologize uh, if in this recap some of my uh, memories little, you know, faded yeah. because mm-hmm. yeah, it's been a while since I've seen this movie now and it wasn't yeah. that memorable of a movie to begin with. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Movie's not that fresh. I may also repeat a piece of trivia that I already told you in part one because <laughs> I don't remember what the fuck I said in that either. Um Okay. Yeah, you'll get you'll get the old Mike and Eric in the regular timeline back in part three. Yeah. So just and hang on for dear life. This current Mike and Eric has aged a week, and what a week it's been, man. Uh, <laughs> hey, they fixed COVID though. That's they did cool. finally. Yeah. <laughs> we're out. We're outdoors. We're socializing again. Okay, 
So we see three shark fins rise from the ocean. And the shark fins look pretty good, actually, like the CG. Yes. Um, but that's only, kind of the only place where, where it looks okay. <laughs> yeah, this is – I think the shark fins sticking out of the water tend to be the best CG in the whole movie. Yes. Uh, yeah. So they're headed towards this floating island in the middle of the ocean. This cool, ominous music is playing. It's reminded me very much of, like – the Sicario soundtrack. It, it was pretty sure. cool. Yeah, it's nice and spooky, this intro. Yeah. Uh, and then they uh, get to the island, fades to black. We get the title card, Deep Blue Sea, in horrible font. It's just the <laughs> cheapest-looking red, white, and blue font. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you put a gun to my head and asked me, is this from iMovie? I might say yes. This is like this is like a default font that comes free with a computer. Yes. Yeah. It looks like it would be on a package of fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um so we we uh then cut to a woman, she's recording herself. We meet Emma Collins, our our hero our heroine. Mm-hmm. Uh hey all you shark fans out shark week fans out there. Welcome back. It's our third summer here at Little Happy, an abandoned fishing village in the Mozambique Channel. Uh, we've, we learned that, unfortunately, this floating fishing village used to be inhabited by 800 people, but because of rising sea levels, yeah, they've uh, there's only two left. This is the first of many times in this movie that the libtard writers will try to force... <laughs> uh, <laughs> their agenda down our throats oh my god we get it it's it's a hoax i've done my research that's right <laughs> and i know I, I have this one link to this one guy on youtube nobody's talking about him they're trying to take his videos yeah. off because he's spouting nonsense and it's harmful yeah. nonsense but hey the fact that they're taking these videos down means that they're afraid absolutely that means that he knows something that they don't want us to know exactly um, so then she's underwater. She's doing some scuba diving and narrating. There's a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of um, underwater, like shots underwater where they're talking and it's supposed to be yeah. like communicating through radio channels, but like it doesn't, it never really syncs up great. And also like their, their voices wouldn't sound that clear and be like, okay, I'm going over here now. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very convenient. Like I give, I give a, not a tip of the cap to the filmmakers. Cause it's like a good way to get around having to get any actual decent audio. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. So we just, we're recording this all after the fact. Exactly. Oh, somebody is filming her and we meet Shaw. It's like her, her dad, her father figure protector, um, mm-hmm. hero who they make sound, they act like he's like in his sixties and he is, <laughs> 45 at max and she is like 35 yeah yeah it's like a father daughter uh that you might find uh nowhere never mind <laughs> no no no. what are you gonna say i want to see i want to follow no, it's gonna uh it's a, you know a stepfather uh, kind of situation <laughs> no just any kind of father uh it's where it's, it's age you know it's you know what i mean okay uh, age difference is is barely it's okay. anyways sure c3 yeah <laughs> 
Um, she explains that here at Little Happy, she and her team are creating a database called the Triton, which is basically like a sonar that uses AI to identify and study organisms in targeted areas. So, like, it's sort of like mm-hmm. the Terminator when he looks at somebody and it's like, Mike Price, you know, yeah. six foot four, you know. <laughs> it's full it's of muscle. Full yeah. of muscle. <laughs> I need your clothes. Um, uh, Vegemite sandwich. That was a down under reference. Uh, anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah. And a trivia fact for you guys. Triton is also the name of the fork that Poseidon uses to eat shrimp oh. cocktail. <laughs> shrimp cocktail. Jesus Christ. Um, so we see some sharks. It's nice. It's beautiful. Uh, it's their home. Their home, like ours, is under attack by climate change. Dun, dun, dun. The liberal agenda comes for us again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Shove it down my throat. <laughs> uh, the cameraman's name, I, I said, Eugene Shaw. Um, mm-hmm. The sharks, a shark starts to swim right towards her. It's a great white. And uh, he gets super spooked and pulls out a harpoon gun. But it's cool. She knows this shark. It's Sally. <laughs> They're friends. Yeah, Sally, the good shark. She's yeah. a nice, great white. <laughs> she does Makes some sense. like shark whisperer shit. And um, but the start the shark is like still a shark. And yeah. rams her really hard against a coral reef and swims she, off. Yeah, she's really trying to prove a point about how she how tough she is, and it seems very dangerous. <laughs> yeah, unnecessary. Uh and then her arm is bleeding, so blood's in the water. They got to get out of there. Dives over. Um, then uh, she drops out. Like, her dad started this organization. He has since passed away. And Shaw was... was um, Her dad was Shaw's commanding officer. Right. Uh, so he feels like he is now her father figure. Yeah, transfer of father issues. Yeah. Uh, on the boat... Um, oh, on another boat... I did the same thing last time. <laughs> <laughs> On the other boat, we meet our antagonists. We got Richard uh, and Lewis. Oh, no, Lucas. Lucas. <laughs> uh, they have a shark up on a, you know, it's pulled out of the water. It's dead. Mm-hmm. Has a tracking yeah. device on it. And it's Bella mm-hmm. from the last movie. Yeah, you guys know that shark that left a huge lasting impression on you. <laughs> Everyone's T4C favorite. Too. Bella. Yeah. Uh, she's back. And um, Lucas is like, looks like the knit did her job first. <laughs> third time trying to do <laughs> fucking accent. It's the yeah. third time trying to do an Australian accent. I'm not going to try to do it again right now. But for the record, we went back and forth for maybe 45 seconds doing Australian accents last time. And I think on my last go, I landed on a decent. It yeah. was a decent. It was a decent rep. Yeah. Razor blades. Um, <laughs> then yeah, good. Richard Lowell. He's he's the other guy. Uh, he says, like, we got to catch the other three. These dudes, they're real shady. Off the bat, you know they're up to some bad shark business. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, well, where, where could they be? And Richard says, well, Bella was a good mother, and she was taking her kids to the best all-you-can-eat buffet in town. Then we right, cut back to a little happy. What's that? I say, I think everyone knows uh, in this day and age, no good mother would take their child to a buffet. No, no. Yeah, stay out of buffets. Uh, so back on Little Happy, Emma cracks a beer. We meet Spinnaker, a.k.a. Spin. He's like this geeky, he's like a scientist and uh, I guess apparently a social media expert because uh, he's looking at that footage. He's like, this is going to get 5,000 likes. Easy. Yeah. 
He says, yeah, he's like gonna, he's going like to put it up my, on Facebook and Instabite. Yeah. <laughs> like, like most of us in the creative fields these days, he has some sort of job where he's being asked to do seven <laughs> people's job. Yes. He's like the IT guy and the social media manager. And, um, you know, he's in charge of skeezing on the uh, foreign exchange. Team. Yeah, that's Mia. Um, she's Japanese. Um, and she's looking at the Triton and she's like, Emma, I still can't find him. And I was like, who? Nemo. Oh, great. <laughs> great jokes. Um, so then uh, a little fishing boat pulls in to Little Happy. We meet Nandi and Bahari. They're two of the original residents. And uh, Nandi now is the is the cook for everybody. Bahari is the fisherman. Um, they uh, I, I couldn't tell if they were husband or wife or brother and sister but either way, there's a ton of chemistry between the two of them, and it yeah. seems like some real sexual tension. And uh, again, you know, that doesn't whether they're brother or sister or husband and wife doesn't really answer those things are not mutually exclusive in today's day and age. I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you're talking about. What kind of videos well, we, are you watching? We live in a Game of Thrones, man. That's you true. Know, that's true. Just H- uh, we live in HBO. That's all I need. Uh, so Nandi's making dinner for everybody. Spin lets it drop that he's a vegan and he gets really preachy about it, which I always think it's funny. This is a t- movie from 2020, and it's like, <laughs> hey, vegans, right? Am I right, guys? They're silly. Like, come on. I hate, it drives me nuts. I don't know a single – no, that's not true. I know one preachy vegan, and the rest are fine. Um, <laughs> oh, my microphone, I can't set it down on my desk because my hard drive is now vibrating. So I'm holding mm. my mic. Uh, doing great over here. No Do AC. You, hold, you could hold your hard drive instead. Yeah, hold on. And put the mic down. <laughs> Do yeah. So, this. so I don't know. I don't know if Eric edited it out, and he might edit this out. But the this again a cursed episode where Eric's power browned out about four minutes ago. Yeah. And so we had to stop down and start up again. Okay. Um, I'm sorry if that I'm not looking directly at you, Mike, but this is the only way that I. Whoa, <sighs> shit! My mic almost fucking fell. <laughs> I have a new setup over here because uh-huh, yeah, because <sighs> I put the AC in. Uh, anyway, <sighs> take a deep breath. I'm gonna leave this this part in. I'll probably take the other okay. one. Okay. Okay. Great. Because you started listening to a video <laughs> in the middle of it. <laughs> Well, I thought we were stopped down, like, for real. Um, so Emma wants to do some shots to celebrate something. I don't know. She There's a few different times when Emma's like, I need a beer. Let's do shots. Yeah. Yeah. She's a party animal. Um, Mia does a little flourish with the shot glasses and spins like, oh, you're so sexy. Oh, wait, did I say that out loud? <laughs> um, meanwhile, oh, there's some sharks, sharks in the lagoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next morning, they see the boat pulling up. It's Richard and Lucas. They're all confused. Um, and uh, Emma, it turns out, Richard and Emma, they knew each other. They went to grad school together. And yeah. they were a couple. Yeah, a pretty serious fucked. couple. Uh, Shaw, Shaw's like, good to see you, Richard. Or no, no, good to see you, Richie. He's like, uh, it's Richard. Or Dr. Lowell, your call. Eugene, <laughs> which I thought is like he, he's yeah. he does a pretty good job at being a dickhead. Yeah, bets on whether or not this guy's gonna get eaten by a shark. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So they want to use the Triton. They want, utilize the Triton to find the three missing bull sharks. Uh, and Lucas explains that half a dozen locals went missing on a river nearby, and they thought it was crocs, but it turns out it was the bull sharks that escaped mm-hmm. from the last movie. But Emma's right. not buying it because those sharks don't attack unless they're hungry or stressed, and they don't hunt in packs. I find this really hard to believe, she says. Um, if there's I'm, a lot of moments I... in the series where uh, people are just like, that's not how sharks behave, guys. Yeah, they're really taken aback. Um, I was going to say that um, if I were a bull shark, I would be attacking people like every day because <laughs> I'm always hungry or stressed. Or, uh... <laughs> um, so Mia hasn't seen any of the bull sharks and Emma and Richard, they have a moment together. Uh <laughs> And she to him, she's like, "Why is a double PhD in shark neurology out hunting sharks? Why don't you come aboard for a drink and I'll tell you." That's <laughs> there's not a, a thing. That's not there's a, a thing. thing. There's a lot of like dropping of um, of like degrees in yeah. this. There's Every, one every, quote I'll get to. <laughs> yeah, everyone has a made up degree that just precisely describes exactly what their job is. Yeah, exactly. Like the world of academia just has. Uh, 14,000 different degrees for every a PhD for every individual job type that exists. Um, so in the lab, they decide on drinking water because they both have to go on a dive later. Uh, and he's like, she's like, you ever think about us? And he's like, yeah, sure. Sometimes. Uh, what do you think about? And she's like, that it sucked that my dad died and you took off, took a job in Sydney. So, Oof. you know, they were pretty serious. She, she he abandoned her at, during mm-hmm. her time of need. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Have have you ever, in earnest in real life, uh, asked anyone, "Do you ever think about us?" Yeah. Or have you or me? Any of my exes? About... I'm like, do you still think about me? <laughs> yeah. Do you do that? No. That's I don't think. Like uh, a, maybe I haven't. That's not like a two. That's not like a Tuesday thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you send, send a text. Like, send the text up, out on a Tuesday. Me? <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that. I did it one time, one time ever. I was on mushrooms though. Okay, <laughs> that's good. That's acceptable. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he, the company called Genotics, which is a really wonderful fake company name, <laughs> uh, is paying for all of his research. Um, and he's like, I know, I know, the corporate overlords. Um, so he's setting up that like there's like Pfizer basically, mm-hmm. um, and he warns her to stay out of the water until he does his work, uh, and then a shark sneakily swims by the window, looking in, <laughs> <laughs> like full on, like like Michael Myers standing at the end of the block, like yeah. staring. The shark is just like side eyeing, like kind of creeping around. Yeah. Um. So we get a bunch of shirtless hunks suiting up for a dive. Uh, Emma is also diving um, at the same time. So she's first of many times disregarding everybody's warnings and just jumping <laughs> yeah. into the water. Yeah. Uh, they and- gave her a really straightforward, like, there are three very dangerous sharks here. We're going to try to get to take them away don't go diving and she's like fuck you fuck don't you. tell I, me what to do i've got to place some more sensors for the triton because there's a blind <laughs> spot right now yeah um suddenly emma finds three 
dead great white sharks at the bottom of the of the ocean. They don't look great, even though they're no. like completely still. Yeah, it's a, it's like a static CGI effect, and somehow it manages to be maybe the worst one in the movie. Yeah, because it's like it's a little too clear. It should be a little murkier. It's just it's weird looking. Uh, mm-hmm. Something rushes towards her, and it's Richard, and he's like, "I told you to stay out of here." Um, and then Mia over the intercom warns her that there is a bull shark nearby. It's big and it's moving fast. Um, Emma and Richard then turn and they see one of the fellow divers, his name is Brown, coming towards them with like one of those underwater scooters that, that yeah, we this, decided they were called. We had a big yeah, like sea scooter. Yeah. Too long we, we talked about <laughs> these what these things are called and I couldn't really yeah. remember. We're doing you guys at home a favor. We're trimming out, I would say, <laughs> yeah, four, to, four to five minutes of fat. We did so the... much Googling last time. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of just click, click, click. Uh, yeah, Eric, talk while I, yeah, type, exactly. while I type really loud. <laughs> uh, so he's coming towards him, but oh, shit, he's chomped in half. He's trailing intestines behind him. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. We got our first body, body count of one, and it's like 25 minutes into the movie. Snooze. Um, so topside, Emma says that the bulls, they aren't acting like sharks. Uh, Richard's theory is that they're, the bull sharks are evolving at a faster rate than the great whites because of climate change. Uh, they need to get uh, they need to get these sharks out of the water now before uh, they destroy everything. I, yeah. I put some extra mustard on that because they're going to say that about five more times and act like it's the first time they're ever saying it. Yeah. I mean, they are, I mean, again, I don't expect this movie to be really super well researched in terms of science, but they play very fast and loose with the idea of evolution and yeah. how long how... that takes to do anything. I mean, I guess they can make the argument that these sharks are genetically modified. Well, but they haven't, they, but the thing is they're trying to, they're still trying to keep that a secret. Right. That's true. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's trying to sell a shark neurology expert or whatever the fuck she is that, uh, yeah, apparently evolution over the last 20 years has created a master race of bull sharks. <laughs> um, i say I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't either. Uh, Lucas and the shirtless hunks are freaked out about Brown dying. Uh, Emma and Shaw are going to help them out. Uh, but first, she has spin. Can you do a history search on that beacon that Richard in Richard's office, the one that came off of Bella? It's making a strange beeping noise. Uh, it's important. She wants to know where that shark has been. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then so to lure the bull sharks out, Lucas and Richard, they have a plan. They're going to release a sub drone that mimics the movement of a seal and chums out seal blood. Um, and it doesn't really move like a seal, I would say. I've seen seals move. <laughs> uh, yeah. and they no, can it moves watch more like a yeah, it moves more like an underwater robot. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and then, so they they want to watch on the Triton, and Lucas is like, "We can get a man in here, and you can show him how this system works." And Emma takes great umbrage with this, and defends Mia's honor. So thank you for sending a big, strong man in here because this little girl with a degree in environmental acoustic propulsion engineering couldn't possibly handle it. Environmental acoustic propulsion engineering. That's, <laughs> That's not. Right. A, is that a thing? 
No, you know what? I order you to Google this. <laughs> okay, repeat it to me Here. again. Okay. Environmental acoustic propulsion engineering. Okay. Acoustic propulsion engineering. Environmental acoustic propulsion engineering. Scholarly articles for environmental acoustic propulsion engineering. Is it a thing? Um, environmental acoustic modeling is a thing. Okay. Acoustical engineering is a thing. Okay. Aeroacoustic propulsion laboratory is a thing that exists. But I think it seems to me... And this is, I am really just make like, not making shit up, but, like, this is really flying from the seat of my pants based on 20 seconds of Googling. But I'm going to say that the propulsion they threw in there, and it doesn't make sense. Okay. But environmental acoustic engineering is a thing. And it seems like it would be something akin to what they're doing with the Triton. Okay. Hey, they did their um, research. But then they threw a propulsion in there for no reason. I'll throw a propulsion into you. If you know what I mean. uh, so they, to, to defend themselves against the bullet sharks, they have tranquilizer darts, but they also have esplo- explosive tips for yeah, when they, they want come out of a, dead. They come out of a fucking Nerf cannon. Yeah, it looks so ridiculous. It's like painted like green and blue. Yeah, if you guys remember the Nerf, it was almost like a little mini gun, but it shot balls. It didn't shoot um, darts. It shot the round, uh-huh. soft yellow balls. Did you ever have one of those? I've had soft yellow balls, yes. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know that I had that one. I did have the one that shoot the, shot the uh, yellow like arrows, basically. Mm-hmm. And then I also mm-hmm. had fencing swords. Did you ever have those? And they had no, like little tabs. I feel tabs. like that's a big pivot. I think. <laughs> What's that? No, and I feel like that's a really big pivot. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about the, the Nerf things that I had. I had Nerf fencing swords. They're they're yellow foam, and they had these like uh-huh. big handles, like the, the like uh, oh, a circle around oh, the handle. Oh shit! Okay, yes, I know what you're talking about. I thought. <laughs> oh, you I thought I meant real fencing like... swords? Yeah, no, I didn't have. Like, yeah, and I had fencing swords. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no, dude? I didn't have Nerf guns, but I had fencing swords. Uh, okay, yeah. I had a machete and a chainsaw. No, I'm looking at... Yeah, Nerf Swords. Let's see, Nerf Swords 90s. Yeah, yeah this is dope. Stuff. Yep. Oh, I absolutely remember this thing. It's called Nerf Fencing. There you go. Uh, it's cool. It looks like something from Masters of the Universe. Yeah, oh, I mean, because I, I was always yeah. more of a, of a sword boy than a gun boy as far as, ah. as, far as like, weapons went. Uh, so anyway, the, the explosive tips really freak Emma out because, uh, you know, one misplaced explosive could hit a pylon and it could collapse all of little happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No foreshadowing. There. None, not at all. Uh, so the divers go in the water, the drone releases the sea blood, seal blood and uh, Mia and Emma notice that the great white sharks, they're sticking to the sea floor instead of going, uh, t- towards the seal blood because maybe they're scared of something in that water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you think? It, what do you think? It would I think be? it maybe it's a really mean octopus that picks on them. Okay. Would be my guess. That's fair. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Mia confesses to Emma that she uh, she likes spin. She's always liked spin, and uh, spin is somewhere else analyzing the tracker tracker data. Uh, and he is absolutely freaked out by what he sees, um, but we don't we don't see what he sees. 
He just oh, he has a big no. reaction to whatever he sees on the camera. I'll give you guys a hint. It's sharks. <laughs> um, so to add more insult to injury, for some reason, I'm getting a slight delay on my. Are you getting speech jammed? I'm getting a little bit speech jammed. Yeah. I'm going to fight through it, though. <laughs> oh, it's... I feel like I feel like our. So people who have followed Eric Gosselin through his long history of podcast hosting. Mm-hmm might be more familiar with his particular susceptibility to speech jam. Yeah, Mike, but you even got me a speech jammer for my birthday last year. I think that, yeah, that's correct. Oh, and you are, I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it in your voice. Fuck. Uh, God <laughs> damn it. No. Do we need to, do we need to stop down? Um, no, I want to fight through it. Okay. Um, if you guys don't know what speech jamming is, Google it. It's hilarious, especially when it happens to Eric. Um, okay, so spin is absolutely. Oh, we already said that. <laughs> uh, Mia notices that there's a bull shark coming in. It. He can't do it. <laughs> it turns into a cove, and Richard uh, follows it. But unfortunately, the cove isn't covered by a surveillance. <laughs> Shaw grab their weapons. Uh, Emma and Shaw, they're up top. And they see what's happening. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. (laughs) That's great. Okay. Okay, I'm back. Uh, So Emma and Shaw grab their weapons. They're watching from above. The bull shark comes right at Richard and he tries to shoot it, but it dodges. Yeah, Uh, bull shark. Totally. And like with like a little sass like it kind of watches the dart go by and then yeah. It's like, yeah like it's neo or something yeah you missed me um above water emma starts shooting um she shoots down hits the shark with a trank gun um and she dives in at it, oh sorry yeah she shoots the shark with a tranquilizer dart right as it bites richard and like kind of pulls him to the bottom mm-hmm. and then she dives in yeah. No, One of no, many times. Yeah. She's got no regard. Nope. She finds him and his arms struck in the shark's, shark's mouth, but it passed out before it could really bite him. But he has a little puncture on his side, but he's going to be okay. Yeah. He was wearing mesh, so he's he's already a little chain mail. Oh, right. I forgot about the mesh. Yeah, he's wearing, yeah. He's wearing mesh. Um, Emma yanks Richard out of his wetsuit and tends to his wounds. It gets pretty sexy, if you ask me. <laughs> These um, two have... I don't want to say zero, so I'm going to be generous, and I will say five percent of the requisite amount of chemistry for. Yeah, Bahari and Nandi have more. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, speaking of Bahari, we cut to him on his fishing boat. His his uh, fishing pole starts going crazy. He's got something big, but uh, it seems to have gotten stuck. So he wants to retrieve his lucky fish hook yeah that makes a lot of sense to me i think we can move right on <laughs> sure yeah and he jumps into the water like a total fucking moron and i following the line down and then a shark is just heading right at him uh and it cuts away unfortunately though bahari does expire yeah uh bringing our we- body count up to two what this movie wants this whole first third to have to function kind of like jaws where it's like oh if only they knew the risk 
but they blow it by like everybody knows that there's three insane killer sharks and they're still like oh, i'm jumping in the water and stuff yeah and they're still behaving no. stupidly uh yeah. so okay an interesting thing that's happening during this recap uh, which might be a little bit jarring for our listeners is that in the first half of the movie, the first half of our episode, you were on board with this movie. You enjoyed it, but then, Was I? yeah, yeah. But then by the end of the recap, last time we recorded it, you're like, you know what? Talking through it actually made kind of sour. You're me right. You're right. So, so now we're kind of coming at it a, pretty negatively. Um, and I, probably... I do want to stress, and also we're doing it for the second time. So we're, that's kind of coloring our read a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, this isn't a movie that we hated watching. Um, yeah, I think it we was might just... be focusing on the the negatives now, but there's some stuff in there that is pretty good. Yeah, you know, I have some notes that uh, you know, forgive me if I touched on this in the first part of the the podcast, but like, uh, I haven't read these notes off yet. But like, this movie looks pretty good. Uh, aside mm-hmm. from the CGI, I think it's shot well. They use a cool location. They use a lot of good natural light. Uh, I think the cinematography is pretty solid. And just in general, you know, it's like it's certainly a much more professional and well thought out exercise than Deep Blue Sea Two. Yes, um, yes, yeah. But I mean, overall, it is. Um, I mean, like it, Eric said, I I ended up in feeling sort of negatively about it. But I think part of that was going through our, our recap last time. And I think my biggest problem was a few problems that I have. One of one of the biggest ones, though, is that it's not smart enough, mm-hmm. and it's not dumb enough. If, if that makes any yeah. sense, it should it's, be dumber. I mean, that's should the be way dumber. to go with a budget. Like when you have a limited budget, it's like it should be sillier and like more out there. Yeah, and I mean, this is a thing. I think we've talked about this. I don't know if we've talked about this explicitly, but like, I recognize that in twenty twenty it's a little bit of a sticky thing to step into like the whole filmography of trauma. Um, Mm. It's super exploitative and there's a lot of stuff that has aged really poorly. And there's a lot of stuff that was really super inappropriate to begin with. However, setting that aside for a second, I think one of the things that trauma does really well is they acknowledge what they can, like what sort of value adds they can bring to a movie when their budgets are super, super low. Mm-hmm. And that tends to be disgusting gore and crazy sort of deaths. And it's a lot of nudity and it's a lot of like, again, kind of silly or stupid stuff. That's sort of entertaining in a very um, salacious kind of way. Right. Yes. Yes. And this yeah. movie, I think would be well served to go further in that direction. And I think that's something you even, you can trace that back to like Roger Corman was somebody who really espoused mm-hmm. that kind of filmmaking, you know, and it's like a perfect example is like, think about the Piranha movies. Um, yeah. you know, obviously like, I don't think he was involved with or super involved with like the latter day Piranha movies, but even the first one, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing where they kind of just make it sillier, which, because, you know, when you're making a cheap movie, it's hard to make it, like, really serious and good. And this movie is stuck in yeah. the middle ground, you know? In the first movie, it had a big budget. But it also was, like, a smart, dumb movie. Yeah, Like, totally. it kind of knew, knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Uh, Emma asks Spin about the GPS. And um, he's like, whatever Richard and his team were looking for, it wasn't up any river. And... <laughs> I wrote, I think the shark intrigue in this entire series is pretty weak. There's like yeah. just so much like shark mystery and like mm-hmm. sh- 
lying about what these sharks are doing. Totally. And I know this is something you and I talked about when we recorded this before, is that it also puts you as the viewer in the unfortunate position of knowing a yes. lot more than the cast does. Mm -hmm. uh, and that gets annoying pretty fast because, you know, this movie is is just built. It's, it's really just recycling plot points from the previous two. So we know what's up the whole time. Yes, and, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I was afraid that we wouldn't get to that point because um, it was one of my favorite points of last time. Because, uh, yeah, these sharks, they he knows these sharks came from Achilles. But we also know that the sharks came from Achilles. Fine. Yeah. But it comes up again. You know, there's a lot mm -hmm. of stuff that comes up again. Uh, yeah. Emma's pissed off about it and confronts Richard. Um, and she accuses him like, those sharks have been altered. They're engineered. They're not sharks. They're something else. And then the sharks start pounding on the window of the lab, the ship's lab. Yeah. Um, and then Lucas calls the order to switch to the charge tips. Um, and Richard has an idea though. He takes <laughs> no. the shark that's knocked out and oh, suspended. Does he have an idea. Yeah. And he, he suspends it over the water and then he puts a gun to the shark's head. <laughs> <laughs> the other the other two sharks are in the water and they're they're looking at it. They're yeah. watching. Yeah. So we got ourselves a hostage situation and he <laughs> says, Back the fuck off to the sharks. And the sharks listen and they swim off. <laughs> Now this is the, it's funny because this is exactly the kind of thing that this movie needs more of. Exactly. Yes. It, this needs more dumb shit like this. Mm -hmm. uh, sharks behaving in crazy ways. Um, so she demands to know the truth from Richard and he lets, he lets it slip that well, he spills it to her. Those two sharks, they're here for, for their brother. Oh yeah. I missed. There's like a shark dick. Um, oh yeah, we missed the shark junk. Yeah, he like when they catch the shark, he's like they call, keep calling it a girl, and uh -huh. he like looks at it, and he's like, he's like, well, that either that's a, I don't know, a stamen or a cloaca. I've never it's clas claspers or cloaca. <laughs> and then last time we talked a lot about what a cloaca. Oh was. right, and now there's callbacks in the wrap up yeah, episode. Exactly. To we're the fucked. We're fucked. Oh my god. Okay. So just so you guys know, next episode you're gonna hear us refer to at least once, if not twice, to shitting your shoot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which was a play of were a play on words because we were talking about Spin and Mia and how Spin shoots his shot later. Yeah. And then we were talking about what a cloaca is, which is uh, genital. Uh, it's like a vagina, basically, and uh, you know, an anus, more or less. <laughs> it's like an all-purpose yeah. orifice. Yeah, so we that, call like... it a shit shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is, is this funnier? This is better, right? If we just I guess tell so. people everything. <laughs> we tell them jokes that we lost. Yeah. Uh, the sky is an ominous yellow right now. Mm. This is terrifying. Cool. What a scary time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, shoot your shot, shit shoot, shit your shoot. Yeah. yeah, any variation on that cloaca, all-purpose mm -hmm. hole, anything that we mention, <laughs> AP hole, for sure. <laughs> AP hole. Uh, I majored. I, I I was in AP hole in high school. <laughs> oh, I tried to get in, but the <laughs> no dice. <laughs> uh, okay, so finally he ties it all back to the entire franchise. 
um, you know, first he, he explains that they were doing research t- to cure um, Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and then that went to shit. And then Durant took it over so that he could make humans super smart to fight the upcoming war with the AI. Yeah. But weirdly, Richard doesn't genotics. mention all of that. <laughs> he doesn't mention that. Yeah. And now genotics has uh-huh. bought the research. Yeah. Um, and he shows Emma that if he activates Bella's tracker, the sharks that they have, will c- the all the sharks, the baby sharks, do do do, will come to the to the uh, the GPS tracker because right. it just basically sounds like their mom. So to them, yeah. that tracker is their mom. Yeah, may or may not come up again. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Richard convinces Emma that they have to hunt the sharks because if those sharks breed, it's the end of the ocean. Yeah. Saying that it, for the second time now. Yeah, because of evolution. Because of evolution. Um so then Lucas walks in on Richard in the lab on the boat later. Like Emma Emma punches Richard and leaves. Um He's like, You shouldn't have told your girl anything. Your damn sharks are smarter than you are. And uh, they argue, and he takes Bella's tracker and accuses Richard of trying to start his own company. That was a weird. Yeah, it's this is very confusing. Yeah, it's they're just like, okay, these two need to be opposing forces now, and yeah. we're not going to bother to really make it make sense. Yeah, because so. Richard is supposed to be like the company man, but Lucas is like to their protection, I guess. Right, but then it turns out uh, that Lucas out is not. the one who's yeah. the company man. But then, spoiler, it turns out Lucas is just crazy, apparently. <laughs> yeah, he turns into a fucking murderous psycho. Uh, so back on Little Happy, Shaw is once again rehashing the whole, like, they backed away when they saw a weapon. That doesn't happen. Sharks don't do that. <laughs> uh, and I, I wrote... I feel like there's a lot of scenes where characters figure something out, then spend the next 15 minutes repeating it. Um, so they want to report this all to nobody, to somebody. They don't say who the authorities, the authorities have to know this and spins like, but the, the internet's down. Um, on the other boat, Lucas tells his divers that it's time to finish this. And Shaw sees them from across the way and notices that they have something in a funky looking case. Mm-hmm. And Spin has a funny joke where he says, like, funky in a James Brown way. <laughs> uh, and they decide they're going to send a drone in to spy on them while they're doing whatever shady shark biz they're doing. Uh, and then Emma tries to make a call on the sat phone, but that phone is dead. Uh, so then they're watching f- the drone footage. The drone's, like, trailing the divers. And Shaw's like, all right, get close, but not too close. But then they cut to the divers, and the drone is, like, right the right behind them. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can see the one guy's ass hair. <laughs> and uh, the, he sees that they're attaching something to, like, a rock pylon. Um, Emma jumps into the water again to follow the cord from the sap phone. And, of course, finds it. It's just loose in the water. It's cut. Yeah. Once more, diving in. Sharks in the water. If Emma was a cop, she would have an angry sergeant who, at the <laughs> two-thirds point of this movie, asks for her gun and badge. Because <laughs> um, she's a loose cannon. She is. She she, But she gets results. Um, so then she's back in the lab, and she tells them that 
Emma explains to her crew that if the sharks make babies, we're talking Seamageddon here. <laughs> oh yeah, and then we had a long we had a long funny talk about Seamageddon where we made it <laughs> like Seamageddon, you know? Yeah, you guys get it. You there were some cool. good there were some good jokes, take our word for it. <laughs> but this is the third time where someone's explaining that if those sharks get out, they're gonna fucking eat everything in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, there everybody was like, Oh, I thought it was gonna be totally cool if that happened. Uh this is good new information we're getting. Yeah. And then shark, shark, shark says Shaw. No, Shaw says uh, that Shaw, it's a, Shaw it's a, shits his shoot. The Shawshank Redemption shoots a shot in the cloaca. Um, and so he he said that it's a mine. They've attached a mine to that nursery wall, and if they blow it, it's gonna create a huge tsunami and destroy mm. everything in Little Happy. Yeah. Oh also, no. Question: Did the 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 jacked army dudes did they cut the cord too is that what happened? i think so i think that's yeah. what they're implying yeah okay i don't think that we see it yeah. happen yeah but anyways like things are really and it's like about to get even more over like hit you over the head with it but at this point in the movies when you can kind of tell that they're really lifting a lot of this plot from the abyss where it's yes, just yeah. like instead of a nuclear warhead it's sharks but it's all this like you know come to the place where the scientists are working take over their whole situation and then it's like go crazy with fucking you know what a war bloodthirst or whatever anyways cool story price <laughs> yeah price oh i'm not gonna slow us down this time what this is the stuff that people crave <laughs> this my my weird little rants that go nowhere those are the electrolytes of the of the kill streak podcast <laughs> Uh, so Emma confronts Richard about the mine, and he actually doesn't know about it. Uh, and then Lucas emerges from behind them, and he's got a gun pointed at him. And uh, Richard's like, what are you doing, Lucas? He's like, I followed orders. And then finally, Lucas reveals like the bigger plot. He's like, you think they sent us here to develop drugs for slow kids to get A's and learn to play oboe on their way to Harvard? <laughs> We're covering their asses and protecting their stock price. It's all about survival, folks, and survival is all about money. So, ba- yeah, He's, but he, he, he reveals himself. The, yeah, but he also like in in the midst of this crazy heel turn, he also turns this into a weird like uh, income inequality like morality tale. Yes, which, yeah. Which like I don't want to give any ammunition to the. Did I decide it was bloody disgusting? Was the the comment thread yeah it was bloody about. disgusting yeah yeah so i don't want to give any any ammo to the um you know the the fucking angry incel you know fuck the sjw's crowd but mm. also it's like they wedge this in terribly and it's just like it doesn't fit at all and it's like this didn't need to turn into like a 99 percent speech yeah like yeah it's just not working guys um so then he turns the gun on to spin in Mia and Shaw, who are like on the other side of the lagoon. Mm-hmm. And he just starts shooting everything. Yeah. Exploding darts out of his nerf cannon. Shit's blowing up. Gas tanks ignite. Uh, Richard and, and Emma go at him, and there's a struggle. Emma runs, and Lucas shoots the ground that she's like walking on, and she goes fucking flying. She flips yeah. like the stunt woman. 
yeah, should get a it, raise because it looks it's crazy. Dope. It's a great stunt. It's like a full on 360 flip, but she's not like curled up and flip. It's like she's fully limbs extended, just ass over teeth. It's like flopping in the air. It looks crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's in the water. Mia and Spin are like hiding in this flooded building. And Shaw sees a shark swimming outside and warns them. Uh, Emma gets out of the water. Shaw calls her over. And they decide they have to defuse the mine before Lucas can blow it. Uh, and Emma's going to go for it. And he's going to go rescue Mia and Spin. Um, there's fire in the way, so he can't get in there yet. Uh, Emma suits up in a very sexy one piece. <laughs> it's like a James Bond costume. Yeah. Uh, Lucas sees her and sends a goon after her in the water. I thought um, you were going to be like Lucas Caesar and just starts whacking. <laughs> Lucas Caesar, he thinks she looks great. He Nobody's looking. He looks around, makes sure, and he just goes at himself. Oh, my God. Sorry. I was watching a, a porn from the 70s the other day because uh, that's that's my predilection. Cool. And there was a fun, one of the fucking funniest things I've ever seen in a movie. These two people are outside going at it. Uh-huh. And just to like make, I bet the directors just to make themselves laugh, uh-huh. put in the sound of a of a car squealing out and crashing okay. while they're like going at it, and like the actors don't acknowledge it. Then it cuts away, and it cuts back, and then there's like approaching sirens going at it, <laughs> and then like they're just like they're just like fucking, and then like there's this, there's more sirens like for the rest for the duration. Of the scene, they're just <laughs> there's just sirens in the background because they caused an accident. <laughs> it was so fucking good. You hear the guy in the background. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> She's not breathing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so Lucas sends a goon in after her, uh, and then so Richard and Lucas are on the boat, and he tells Richard, "It's like, hey, you can stay on this boat and collect your check, or." You can go over there, and you can rescue your grad school crush. Mm, and Richard yeah. turns to Lucas, and he says, These sharks are more human than you. Oh, yeah. And, and said, I'd rather die with her than live like you. And he dives off the front of the boat and right into a shark's fucking mouth. It just catches him midair. <laughs> shark jumps out of the water and meets him halfway. <laughs> it's rad. Just chomps him down. Um, so body counts up to three. <laughs> it's more moments like that that I wish this had. I mean, this yeah. is that that was supposed to be like the big Samuel L. Jackson death. Totally, but I mean, it's like what, where, what, where are we at in the movie now? This is like the last third, right? We're basically yeah, in the yeah, climax, yeah. and this is the third death, and one of them happened off screen. Didn't both of them happen off screen? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one of them happened off screen. We just saw the aftermath. Oh, and I didn't mention. Oh, I forgot. I because completely skipped over it. Uh, they find out that they find Nandi's arm. Right. Yeah. So we see his arm, but yeah. But that's the thing. We this is literally the first time in the movie we've seen a shark bite, like actually kill a person. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof, rough stuff. Um. So Emma dives. She's in the water. Spin and Mia are in the flooded building. Spin goes to see if there's a shark out there. Uh, Lucas is outside in the in he confronts Shaw, and they have a big old fight. Um, he you know, he keeps calling him old man too. He's like, "Come on, old yeah. man, let's and see what like you got." The, they look the same age. They look the same age. 
Yeah. Um, and they have a big they have a big fist fight that I compared earlier to. It just like feels like a low rent version of something you'd have in a Fast and Furious movie. Yes, where they're all like just trading blows, going back yeah. and forth. Um. So Spin makes a heartfelt confession to Mia. He's like, "When we get out of this, I'd really like to hang out with you some more." And then they kiss and notice that his leg is bleeding, and a shark bursts through the water and grabs him, pulls him out. Body yeah, counts like up, up to four. Up through the floor. It's it's silly, but it's kind of scary. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Please yeah, continue. it was very scary. <laughs> <laughs> she falls into the water. Uh, Lucas knocks Shaw down and tells a goon to finish him off. So just fucking kill him yourself, dude. Totally. Uh, underwater, Emma has the GPS. The, sh- the Shaw... Okay, so then we're back up there. Shaw gets the goon. Like, the goon who's coming after him gets him down. And then, like, the guy's kind of bent over the water, and the shark fucking flies through the air like a bird, graceful like an eagle, and just (laughs) takes the goon's head right off. uh, It's bringing the body count of five. Yeah, it's very cool. It looks really fake. Uh, Yeah, it's it's very unnatural movement. Yeah, uh Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, So Mia's, like... She's, she keeps saying, not a coffin, not a coffin, which is like, I don't know, something that she has said before. Yeah, we couldn't tell if it was a callback or if she's just like, she's like thinking about getting in this armoire and she's like trying to convince herself that she's not going to die in it, I guess. But I feel like that's doing a lot of work for the movie. So the, the um, building collapses on top of her. Uh, underwater, Emma's trying to pry the mine off the side of the pylon. The goon swims up and attacks her with a knife. She scratches his hand, and it causes it to you know, bleed into the water. And then right then, a shark comes and eats him. The body counts up to six. And then she pulls the mine off the side, and she turns around, and those two fucking bull sharks are right there. Mm-hmm. And she holds up the mind to them, and they're like, "Whoa, okay, they, lady, we'll back they, off." If they had hands, they'd put them up and go, yeah. "Okay, okay, let's not do anything crazy here." <laughs> um, yeah, it's it looks real silly. Uh, Lucas calls down to the goon over the radio, but of course he's headless, so there's no answer. Emma calls up to Shaw, who's in the control room. Uh, and then uh, we see Lucas pull the anchor on his ship, start to sail off. And Emma's like, we need to get rid of this mine before he leaves and blows it. Uh, and Shaw needs to distract the shark. So he and Nandi toss the goon's decapitated body into the water and the sharks tear it apart. And Shaw's like, sorry, chum. <laughs> Just <kidding. laughs> it's clever. Um, and then she, Emma jumps into the water with the mine, Lucas pulls away. Emma comes back to the to Shaw and stuff, and uh, Lucas triggers the detonator. The ship blows. Emma had stuck the mine to it mm-hmm. in like yeah. no time at all. At no time at all. And all this talk about the tsunami that would destroy Little Happy if that thing goes off. They she moved it maybe two hundred yards away. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Uh, there's no tsunami. It doesn't destroy. Oh, there's no, yeah, yeah. No, it, in it case you guys are worried. <laughs> so Shaw wants to get out of there, but Emma wants to stay to get the sharks, and she has an idea. She's going to lead them with the beacon 
And then once again, she explains that they're attracted to the beacon because it reminds them of their mom. And Shaw says, I don't get it. <laughs> Even though it's like the third time we've been saying yep. it. Yeah, we've covered all of this. Um, and then she's like, I- I'm not I'm going. I'm not going to go after them. I'm going to get them to come back to us. So Yeah, we fucking know. Uh, so they outfit the drone with the GPS and they're going to swim it around attract the sharks and they're just going to start shooting the sharks. Uh, but unfortunately the shark, I mean, sorry, the drone gets caught in the net and the sharks like they swim off, they get bored, swim off. So Shaw has to jump in to get it unstuck. Uh, and he does. So he cuts it free. The sharks circle him. He sees that the jig is up. He grabs two of the explosive tips and jams them right into their heads. Right when they're rushing them, it blows them and themselves up. It's pretty cool effect. Yeah, it's, it's a solid explosion. Yeah. Body counts up to eight. Uh, Emma and Nandi are all sad. And then Lucas is there. He survived the blast. He's sh- he's, he's all burned up. He looks burned like sh- up. Looks like shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Emma, sl- he slashes Emma a few times with a knife. It's kind of brutal. He tries to drown her. And then Nandi throws a harpoon at him, but it misses. Um, he's like, is that all you got? <laughs> and, yeah, and then, even though it was, like, badass. It was a super badass It was pretty cool, throw. yeah. It's like, I and don't then, know. I wouldn't, like, make fun of her. <laughs> Emma grabs his knife, stabs it into his chest, and he dies. Body count goes up to eight. Right? About nine? Uh, eight or nine. Yeah, sure. Uh, so then it's Nandi, Emma, and the last shark. Emma devises some plan that involves her jumping into the water. Of course, the shark's right on her ass. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she swims into this dumpster, this trash compactor. Yeah, which I think has been very, like, we've seen it in the background being used a couple times, so. Yeah. But it's, like, not well established what it is exactly. Uh, she basically lures the shark into the compactor, triggers it. It squeezes its head slowly, and then the shark fucking explodes. It's pretty cool. We there is cool I want to. It is. I also like it because like while essentially what happens is the shark falls her in, and then it can't quite reach her. So it's yeah. sort of like you see some like similar things in like Jurassic Park and stuff, right? With like the T Rex trying to get in the car, where the shark like can sort of get its jaws in, but not quite. Uh, and she spends like half the scene like punching it in the snout and yeah. like kicking it. And I was like watching, it. I was like, you know what? I'm actually impressed that they managed to fit a fist fight with a shark into this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I shouldn't have skipped over that. It is, I like this scene. Okay, so Nandi gets her out of the water, cut to them in a boat. Sally's there, the great white. She's swimming alongside of her. Um, and then a, the, the armoire floats up and Mia's in there. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. It wasn't a coffin. No. Nope. So then we got Nandi, Emma and Mia, three women and a shark, Sally, the shark, four women, four women. And I alluded to this in the intro to this episode, but this was one of the things that drove the commenting board chuds crazy. They were furious that all the men died and, and all that the only women, three all women. The multi- Multi women. Oh, they were so angry. They it's such it's such snowflake SJW bullshit so trying stupid. to shove these women of color in our faces. And so dumb. I, 
I hope all those people die in in a house fire, and I don't uh, care if their families <laughs> die with them. Jesus Christ! Maybe we should. Uh, I didn't that write out. the full line down, but Emma's basically like the planet's not going to save itself. Um, and then we got some real upbeat Calypso music playing over the end credits <laughs> with yeah. underwater shots. I'm pretty sure they just is this is the same end credit sequence from Captain Ron uh, they reused. <laughs> oh, okay, guys. I'm sorry yeah. if that uh, recap was a little bit all over the place and not super thorough. I'll do better next time, but it's we the still, second time and it's we st- hot we as st- fuck. We still managed to spend an hour on it. So I think yeah, <laughs> we, like did, we should not. We be did surprised. our jobs. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you want to go through the uh, the wrap up stuff real fast? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So wrap up. Favorite character. Um, I think for myself, I enjoyed Lucas. He turns into the fucking psychopath at the end, but mm-hmm. I thought he did a pretty good job. He was having fun. Yeah. He's was, he was good. He looks great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is a joke that I didn't get to deliver in the original record. Uh, so I'm very excited we're doing this again. It definitely again. works better when you announce that you're about to make a joke. <laughs> I, think so. I think it's in keeping with uh, how the rest of this has gone. I'm, I, I, I think this is a funny kind of meta comedy where instead of telling real jokes, I just explain to people what the jokes were that we made last time we recorded this. But this one is fresh just for the audience at this point in the future. And wow, this is so much lead up now. This is going to be great. Uh, yeah, so anyways, favorite character. I wanted to say that I think the sea is really sort of a character in this movie. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, that's a shout out. It's a shout out to one of my favorite podcasts, The Action Boys. Uh, anyways, uh, Shaw, I guess. I don't know. I don't really like any of these people that much. He's kind of fun, and I like the way he dies. So Yeah. That's what I got. Yeah, he, he's, he's a good he's a good one, too. Good one. Yeah. What? <laughs> this is fucking crazy. I'm hungry. <laughs> the moment that aged the worst. It's a movie that came out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really know that there's much other yeah, than the libtard agenda. Yeah. That's just forced upon us. Enough PC bullshit. Uh, yeah. Stop <laughs> shoving it in our faces. The planet is not experiencing global warming. It's and... not the hottest it's ever been here in Los Angeles. Yeah. And there is a reason why white men have been the heroes in our movies for every other <laughs> decade before now. There's no reason to fix something that isn't broken. So give it a rest, SJWs. Couldn't agree more. Um, best we, d- we don't actually agree with that. No, no, of course not. Just in case this is your first episode of Killstreak, we're being sarcastic. <laughs> Uh, best death. I think for me, it's Richard jumping into the mouth of the shark. Uh, it's mm-hmm. funny. It's yeah, surprise. It is. It's a big gasp moment. They. I. I remember. My only objection was that I don't think the the effect looks as good as it could. It's a very wide shot. I wish it was a little bit more intimate. Yeah. Um, but it's a pretty good one. And I'll go with for mine. Sticking with the theme I have established, I like Shaw's double shark stab uh i mean the man takes out two of the three sharks in the movie at once it's pretty cool and it's a good looking explosion so it's a a hero's death yeah and then we like to rate the scariness of these movies on what we call the carpenter scale and uh so basically rating these against the scariness of the entire filmography of john carpenter this one's not a scary one at all no, it's um, 
not even i don't know i would say it's probably not even designed to be very scary it's more of an action kind of movie um i think last time we recorded didn't we say memoirs of an invisible man because that's what we said or do we say yeah. starman <clears throat> i think we played with starman uh we might have settled on it yeah because starman i think i think we've decided i i mean with your whole spiel about the scary music and you did send me the link to that transformation scene and it's pretty creepy uh, you know what? It might be a little bit scarier than Memoirs of an Invisible Man. I think perhaps I'm feeling generous because of the guilt that I feel for making us do this re-record. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I'm finally on board with your argument that Elvis has to be the bottom of the scale and then maybe even Memoirs goes above it. So I think that's a good pick for this one. Okay, great. Uh, so Mary Fuck Kill. Is this movie a Mary, a fuck, or a kill? Why don't you go first? Sure. Uh, well, I'll try to this repeat more or less what I said last time, because <clears throat> like Eric said, I think this whole discussion of the film the last time through did sort of cement my Mary fuck kill decision. Initially coming into our first record, I was thinking this was right on the border between a fuck and a kill. It's a pretty well-made movie uh, for what it is. It's okay. It's not terrible. It looks really good when you hold it up next to Deep Blue Sea 2. But I think if you didn't have Deep Blue Sea 2 and this just came out after you'd seen the first one, you'd be like, oh, this is not a very good sequel. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for yeah. that reason, I landed on Kill. It just doesn't quite make it over the hump for me like we talked about. If it was a little bit dumber, a little bit more fun, I think it could get there. But it just doesn't quite. And there's, you know, completing the theme of all three movies in this series no nudity yeah uh i'm right there with you i i'm also gonna give this one a kill uh but it's close it's close to being a fuck yeah. it really is uh i didn't hate watching it mm -hmm. um i liked it more than the last one mm -hmm. and uh yeah but it just didn't really wasn't enough for me to really s go to bat for it yeah can't really not enough to sink your teeth into <laughs> oh gosh and with that, we are going to jump into our time machines and you're going to hear us as we once were before the world changed, before our very eyes, just the skies turned rubes. yellow. What's that? <laughs> just a couple of guileless rubes. <laughs> um, and then, of course, stay. Well, we'll say all that. I was going to say, stay tuned for Thursday. We'll give our rankings, but we cover that. Yeah. Yeah. That's all coming later. So goodbye from future Eric and Price. Uh, past Eric and Price will be back with you in a moment. Okay, thanks for joining us here for our final segment. Uh, and it's a new one. We got a brand new segment here. Price, I would say, is the mastermind behind it. So I am going to throw it to you, sir. Explain to us what we're about to do. All right. Well, I would say that Eric and I, together as equal partners, uh, have come up with this brand new segment we like to call death match and this is not to be confused with our recent twitter poll tag team tournament totally different thing we're not taking this to twitter we don't give a shit what you guys think this is gonna be about what me and eric think and uh in honor of the deep blue sea franchise we are going to do a death match of natural horror beasts uh so yeah. basically the category that we're working with here, like Deep Blue Sea, 
uh, is we're going for largely trying to go non-supernatural, simply freaks of nature, uh, creatures that have become deadly through genetic tampering or circumstance or just like really bad, uh, you know, uh, growing up circumstances, <laughs> you know, like animals that had terrible childhoods <laughs> abusive dads <laughs> yeah that's right um and so what we're gonna do is i've got a fancy little thing that's going to randomly give us pairings of these natural horror villains mm-hmm. and eric and i are going to discuss uh cordially who we mm-hmm. think would win in a death match so uh how many of these do you think you, we want to do it's something we, sh- um, we should have talked about but we didn't well, let's see how long they go. I sure. Based on how long I think they're going to take, I think three feels like the magic number. That sounds right um, to me, yeah. If they take for fucking ever, maybe we'll do two. If they're going real fast, maybe we'll fire off a couple more. Um, awesome. Yeah, so for any of you who have ever sat drunkenly with your friends and debated who would win if you locked uh, a puma and a polar bear in a room, uh, that's essentially what we're going to do here. Um, so one thing... <laughs> technical that i want to that i want to sort out is that uh the way i have these set up we're going to get a pairing with a one and a two and i'm going to make sure that we take into account we're going to call home field advantage here yeah okay okay i was gonna ask yeah. that so we'll have a home team and an away team essentially for the death match and so the home team gets to fight on their home turf uh and obviously that may inform some of these decisions so. great um, but we'll figure this out as we go along. So without further ado, uh, I'm going to spin the wheel here, and we're going to come up with our first pairing for our first death match. Uh, I have 13 lucky animals in here in honor of, <laughs> you know, the scary number. And, uh, you know, for Ooh, chilled to my bones. <laughs> All right. Our first matchup. This might be a fast one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so our home team, uh, representing, uh, I, uh, depending on who, where you want to go, either Skull Island or New York City, is the okay. one, the only, King Kong. And facing off against King Kong is the uh, killer Razorback Pig from the Australian <laughs> film Razorback. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I mean, first off, I've never seen Razorback, so okay. maybe that thing's packing some heat. I don't know. It's a gnarly pig. Um, <laughs> I've seen it. I actually saw Razorback in the theater. Really? Uh, I've, yeah. I don't even. I don't well, think I've even heard of this movie. Well, so I saw it at the. I should be clear. It was a revival screening at the New Beverly, ah. um, which I both miss the New Beverly and movies uh, in the theater in general. Good lord. I know. Um, but yeah, I was taken by my good friend uh, Don Don Thiel, who I don't know may or may not be a listener to the podcast. He's definitely a horror film fan, so if he's not listening, it feels like a like a real personal fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but either way, yeah. So this is a, an Australian film, and uh, it is a gigantic um, razorback boar. Um, but I want to say when we're talking about gigantic, if my memory serves, you know, it might be the size of two men. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm looking yeah. at pictures of it. Hey, this movie looks pretty cool. It is. I recommend it to people. It's worth checking out. Okay. 
B, yeah, I mean this is it's this is a giant razor backed pig, but mm-hmm. I mean honestly, I think I mean yeah, King no Kong's question. fucking King Kong. King yeah. Kong's gonna fucking destroy this thing. I'm pretty sure King Kong could pick this thing up and eat it. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, do we need to go uh, any further into it? I think that's I, just... I don't think so. I mean, the King Kong can scale the Empire State Building. This pig can burst yeah. through a window, it looks like. Yeah. Okay. So, we're going to call this one for King Kong. That's great. All right. All right. Let's move on to our next matchup. All right. You guys like my clicking? That's fine. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll is... fill the void. I smell skunk outside. This is an interesting one here. Um, so this is really, I think this one is all sort of evocative of that question. Would you rather fight um, 50 duck-sized horses or <laughs> yeah, yeah. five horse-sized horse ducks? Uh, so the home team in this matchup is all of the spiders from Arachnophobia. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> Squaring off against similar home turf. Anaconda from Anaconda. Oh, oh, I like this. Yeah, so I think there's a bit more to think about here. I like this. Um, okay, so the the spiders from Arachnophobia are poisonous. They are. They're very poisonous. Very poisonous. Um, so I mean, all of the spiders, they they can swarm that that anaconda, bite it. The yeah. anaconda is going to squeeze a, a few of them. It's going to kill few. a few of them. Yeah. Here's what I want to know, though. Can the spider bite through the scales of the anaconda? Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah. This, this is something I'm going to have to turn to Google for. Okay. Yeah, because what I'm thinking is, you know, the anaconda could certainly, you know, doesn't just have to squeeze. It could really just slither over and smash a lot of these spiders, I think. Um, but I want to know spider fangs, especially the biggest one of those spiders, like the anaconda, that's a big fucker. And I imagine he's got some pretty thick scales. Spiders have been known to kill snakes in particular species of tarantulas. Okay. Um, which, okay. So these are small snakes though. These are small snakes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Spiders and snakes. Oh my. I would. I mean, I have to assume that a spider can kill an anaconda. Yeah, I, I'm going to try to do a little bit more research here. But for me, I I think the spiders are going to overwhelm the anaconda. The yeah. anaconda is going to get some good licks in. It's it's not going to be good for either side. No, I think there's going to be a lot of collateral damage on both sides. But I think I'm with you, Eric. I think with the the just the sheer number of spiders that this anaconda is facing off against yeah. one of them at the very least is going to get into its mouth and then you're just it's just you know Ugh. i th- i stinging think, its tongue yeah i think one way or the other we're getting some spiders uh that are going to get some venom into that anaconda and if we're just saying one spider has to survive then i think yeah i think there are going to be some spiders left over before that anaconda by the time that anaconda goes down. All right, so we're in agreement. Uh, spiders over anaconda. Arachnophobia prevails. All right, here we go. Round three. Ooh. Ooh, man. This is like a real... Okay, this one is very reminiscent of our round two matchup. Um, okay. 
So we have uh, on its home turf, which is going to be the New York City sewers and the waterways of New York, the alligator from Alligator, one of my favorite 80s creature features, uh, facing off against the piranhas from Piranha. Oh, man. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Huh. Let me look at this alligator. Yeah, this is a big bastard. Um, so the piranhas from the movie Piranha. Mm-hmm. Is there anything I don't remember? Is there anything about them that's crazier than a normal piranha? Um, no. I think if my memory serves, they're just extra vicious. But otherwise, I think it's a question of being where they don't belong, kind of. I sure. think that it's just like, uh, you know what? They are genetically altered piranha. Um, wow. Hmm. I wonder, maybe perhaps the piranha film was more of a, a precursor to Deep Blue Sea than we realized. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe that's something we have to visit. Yeah, so here, this is um, <laughs> Operation Razor Teeth. Tasked with engineering a ravenous and prodigious strain of piranha that could endure the cold water of the North Vietnamese rivers and inhibit Viet Cong movement. So these piranha are extra vicious and they are uh, also they can go into cold water, which is what leads them, I think, into North America in the original Joe Dante piranha. Okay, man, I think I might have to give this to the piranha. Uh, okay. Because initially I was like, well, the alligator. All right. So the alligator. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm rethinking mm-hmm, this already. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the alligator can get out of the water. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So I was going to say, especially if you've seen the movie Alligator, that guy kind of cruises all over New York City. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, he leaves the sewers, which, to be honest, there's not even that much water in the sewers when he's no, in there. No, there's not. Um, so I think that depending on where we are, like there's a famous pool scene in alligator where the alligator eats a little kid, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, if you drop the piranhas in there, then I think it's a pretty fair fight, but yeah, I think the alligator can just walk away from this. Uh, and then all the piranhas, uh, you know, just drown on dry land. I have to agree with you. Yeah. I'm going to give this one to the alligator. All right, great. We agree on that. Although at the end of the day, I think the real winner is always going to be Robert Forster, uh, star of Alligator. <laughs> Guys, he is missed. Yeah, that guy could pull some real tail. I'll tell you what. Um, is that how true? do you feel? Oh, I mean, Jesus, I don't. That's not even based on a rumor. I'm just looking at Robert Forster and yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking about him, that guy. I mean, he's like a cooler uh, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel, uh, at least. Uh, what do you think? Let's. Uh, you want to do one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Okay, great. Here, the final matchup of this week's death match. Getting a lot of repeats. Okay, here we go. Appropriate for our ending. Um, so, we have, on their home turf of Baja California. <laughs> We're going to go with the the final surviving Mako of the original Deep Blue Sea. Oh. Okay. Facing off against the killer orca 
from Orca. Oh, oh, wow. So this is, this is not only, this isn't a stretch. Like no. this could, this could happen. Yeah, I think this orca might be in slightly warmer water than it's accustomed to. But mm-hmm. other than that, uh, yeah, this is like a straight up showdown in the ocean. Uh, so just like a little bit of backstory on the movie Orca. Um, as far as I know, this is just a killer orca a la Jaws. There is no... Yeah, there's nothing like supernatural, not supernatural, but... I guess supernatural fits like nothing sure more than natural about this orca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that the orca is seeking revenge for its dead mate. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, it's just an angry killer orca. Um, now let's look at the size. Let's see. Biggest orca. Because if my memory serves, if they go back and forth on this. But how isn't this fucking shark supposed to be forty feet long at the end? Yeah, I'm looking it up. It's a big, it's a big boy. Yeah, yeah, it seems fucking huge. Yeah, uh, orcas are the largest species of the dolphin family. They weigh up to six tons and grow up to thirty-two feet. <laughs> oh no, this one's dead though. This one's dead. Because uh, I'm looking up this wiki fandom for for deep blue sea. Uh-huh. And the big shark is called Big Shark. <laughs> <laughs> but it dies. Yeah. This is interesting. So I, I just Googled Orca versus Shark. And mm-hmm. uh, they're both apex predators. Um, according to this, the killer whale is probably more formidable. Uh, mm. And generally speaking, if there was to be a confrontation the assumption is that the great white shark will flee. It says when confronted by orcas, white sharks will immediately vacate their preferred hunting ground and will not return for up to a year, even though the orcas are only passing through. But what about a, a super smart Mako shark? Well, so um, this is why my question does the super smart shark evaluate the risk of battling an orca and decide in leaves, decide not to do it. What are the what are the rules of the death match? Are they forced to fight to the death? I think they're forced to fight. Okay. So they're kind of in an enclosed death space, match. maybe? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It is a death match. Oh, wait. Does that change our alligator thing? Because now the alligator could just, like, get up on land. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the alligator gets on top of the cage, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a wrestling match. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's going up. Anyway, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I mean, I do think my instincts tell me that with the uh, increased size of the shark from deep blue sea and the super intelligence. Yeah. It would be tough for this orca to, uh, to win out. I think the orca, you know, it's, it's a classic David and Goliath. (laughs) 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 This this Mako is going to, it's going to, uh, pick at this orca Mm -hmm. until the orca is, is, he's going to rope a dope this orca. Yeah. I think I, I agree with that. I, I do want to put this on as an asterisk. I think that if we were pitting the killer orca against any of the smaller sharks that go into the complex and chase LL Cool J around, mm-hmm. um, I think that that orca puts up a real fight against one of oh, the, sure. the regular size Makos. Without yeah. a doubt. Okay. 
Well, then I think we've come to a consensus on all of these. Um, yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll definitely do more of these in the future with different topics. Yeah. But, uh, hey, for now, you can suggest some end segments for us. We're always open if you want to mm-hmm. design a quiz for us to take or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, we you can do that. And you can write to us at on Twitter at Killstreak Podcast. No, it's Killstreak Pod yeah. on Twitter. Yep. Uh, killstreakpod at gmail.com. If you want to That's email right. us, leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash killstreakpod. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, you sound like you have something to say? Um, yeah, no, just, uh, okay. just, uh, yeah, send us a Valentine. Send us a Valentine, guys. Yeah. An early I Valentine. I don't care what month it is. Just do it. Um, yeah. So next up, we're going to be on Thursday giving our rankings for Mm -hmm. Deep Blue Sea and revealing the next series that we're going to do. And we threw out a poll. It's a nail biter. Yeah. We're going to reveal the winner of that poll uh, next. Well, this upcoming Thursday by the time you hear this. Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah. And special prize. See if anyone can guess what order we're going to put the Deep Blue Sea movies in. (laughs) Yeah. You mean that we didn't just say it in this one? <laughs> eh, you know, sometimes. Eagle-eared listeners. <laughs> Kill streakers out there paying attention. Yeah, we'll have to have Josh leave us a voicemail. And as always, thank you for sending a big, strong man in here because this little girl with a degree in environmental acoustic propulsion engineering couldn't possibly handle it.